Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing good. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, got some cool things coming up this week as well. So that's cool. Um, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Well, I got back into Fallout 76 because they uh, had some updates, got some actual solo quest line stuff going. So I spent a little bit more time in that. It's definitely getting better. It's sad that it's, what, almost three years into it and is now probably like a B-minus yeah. game. Something like that, yeah. Um, but it's still going. I still people logged in, so it's got you know a dedicated enough community that things are still happening in it. Uh, I've been bouncing around, you know, bunch of games on uh, game pass trying to find something nothing really noteworthy you know a couple retro games from back in my day there were arcade games that got ported um to console um i know you're super excited because ratchet's coming out here soon so Hmm. but there's not really been anything on the horizon for me on that end okay yeah i'm excited for it but i can't play it yet so (laughs) uh and i'm not i'm not giving uh 800 to a thousand pounds to to a scalper so plus mm-hmm. i don't have that much money to give to a scalper so <laughs> yeah um and uh playstation 5 still not really available much um elsewhere so uh it's annoying because the the uh phone company that i've got my phone with which is ee they've got this page set up to where they're gonna offer ps5 uh monthly like payments and that which is kind of what i was what i was thinking of doing but i clicked on the page i was like oh okay you know ee i know that they're a good company i've been with them for like six years or something and um yeah it just had a sort of like register register your interest with an email so you couldn't actually like you couldn't pre-order it you can't buy it or or anything like that you just sort of put your email in the list that's what i'm seeing in in a lot of different places actually for like any sort of um not even pay monthly, but any sort of like pre-orders. It's just so I'm just sort of finding links to where it's, hey, put your email in, and we'll let you know when we know, kind of thing. Uh, and it's been that way for well all of this year, pretty much. Because gosh, we're yeah six months into the year now. So, got uh, wow, half of 2021 is uh, almost gone. So, um, have you looked around yourself at all at anything? Are you finding sort of similar stuff? Yeah, I'm not still really seeing a whole lot. When I go into stores, a lot of stores now will only let you uh, order online and mm. then do an in-store pickup. So it's impossible to tell when anything is actually in stock or not. Mm-hmm. Um, they they tend not to have stock on the floor anymore. That's especially true in some areas because of other control. So. Mm. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if it was a case of like we can't deliver to. You. Can you come and pick it up? Find the nearest store, go and get it. I've I've done those sorts of things before. Uh, over here, it's called um, not all the time, but sometimes it's called click and collect, which is where you you know go and get something, and then you go and collect it. Which there's like two ones that are local to me, so uh, maybe that will happen one day. But uh, yeah, I probably I it's going to be interesting to see because I didn't hear much about Returnal's numbers because obviously PS5s weren't available much back then people do have them like there is a good few million people that do have them but they're just just uh not quite as many as what we wanted i'd be very curious to see after a couple more months once returnal's been out for a while and once ratchet's been out for say two months or something what the numbers are like for that because you can't get those on uh i mean you can buy the game and have it on you and whatever if you want to but um 
you can't uh, can't buy it. So don't know. I'd be curious to see what those numbers are like because there's just a bit more of a restricted audience. I think. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. In terms for me, uh, still just been playing my Last of Us two run through. Uh, I've actually just been watching a bit more TV this week than than doing gaming. I'm watching uh, Dickinson on Apple TV Plus at the moment because I've still got my year free until uh, till December. So I'm trying to just try and just make the most of that. But um, yeah, Last of Us two still fantastic. I mean, I'm not going to turn around after almost a year and be like, Nah, do you know what? I don't like this game. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, you know, unless I get some sort of game-breaking glitch, which I think if that was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Um, but uh, no, still thoroughly enjoying that. It's definitely tough at certain points. I was really struggling to get out of a particular encounter, um, but uh, still, still a lot of fun. Still, obviously, you know, very gory and all that sort of thing. But uh, hey, what do you what do you expect from a, a world like that? It does make me laugh slightly, actually, when you look at something like Quiet Place or Last of Us or Walking Dead, any of these kind of, and not really like Game of Thrones, that's not like, that's not really post-apocalyptic, but some of these properties and shows that are sort of zombies or monsters and they're post-apocalyptic worlds, and there's still people out there that are surprised when like someone's guts gets ripped out or someone gets bitten in the throat, it's like, well, yeah, that's going to happen in these in these sorts of worlds, um, so... Anyway, um, well, I mean, I, I can kind of understand it a little bit if you're not familiar with the initial IP, but if you're going into a genre like with zombies, like yeah. there's a funny thing with the review for Deadpool about someone complaining about it being so violent. <laughs> you know, if you've never read any Deadpool comics, I can understand that, especially with all the very family friendly superhero movies we have up until that point. But if it's a zombie movie, you got to understand there's going to be something. Unless it's like Disney zombie teen rom-com romp or some nonsense like that. Right, right. Or if like High School Musical got a zombie invasion or something. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't be... It'll be more of a family-friendly thing. I suppose like, you know, Plants vs. Zombies is a, a decent example. That's a little bit more family-friendly, I think, anyway. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not anything like The Last of Us, so... In terms of its violence, I don't know. I, I I don't. I honestly don't think some people look at like ratings for things that they're gonna go and see or gonna go and play, and then they're just shocked when it's as violent as what it is. Because um, on on the Deadpool thing, that's like okay, we've had years of family friendly Marvel films like Hulk and Iron Man, Avengers, all all these things, and you saw obviously the ratings for those. When you go into Deadpool, the first one, or even the second one, and you see the R rating, it should be like, okay, you expect something a bit different. But anyway, um, but yeah, not much else to talk about in terms of playing that. I did start a new um, uh, FIFA kind of career mode thing. What I'm trying to do is I uh, took over Wigan Athletic, which is a team that I kind of used to admire a little bit in the Premier League, but they've not been in the Premier League for a long, long time actually uh, i don't actually know what the league they're in now um it's probably the championship or something but uh i sort of took over their team t- took all their players off the team and then what i've done is i'm trying to do this sort of older generation to younger generation sort of thing and i uh, searched on the game for player all the players on the team have to be 30 or over uh cuz what i want to try and do is only use the 
FIFA career modes uh, youth academy. So I'm not buying any young players because of course I could go out and buy Parland and Greenwood and Mbappe and whatever else. But that just that wouldn't be quite what I'm aiming to do. What I'm going to try and do over the course of like four or five seasons as these players start getting older and retiring is buy or uh, promote a bunch of like youth academy players that are rated like 60 or 70. Slowly put them into certain games over the course of four, five, six seasons and try and sort of rise them up. So hopefully by the time uh, the older players that I've got are, you know, 35, 38, whatever, and they retire... Hopefully some of them that are coming through, which will be 21, 22, hopefully I'll have like a, almost like a new team. Because uh, I've, I've I've said on multiple different podcasts that I like the idea of sort of passing on to a new generation. So that's exactly sort of what that is. Uh, does it sound like a fun idea to you, I suppose? Uh, I mean, if you're really into football management like that, yeah, I could see that as a really exciting thing. I've never really gotten down into the minutia for sports management. Oh, that did remind me. I saw a listing for pro cycling manager. Huh. So like like Tour de France and things like that. Right, so there's right. actually a manager game for cycling. So, you know, anything's possible, I guess. But hmm. that wouldn't be a game that I played. So Cool. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna slow, what I'm going to try and do is when I've got certain games where I'm like two or three goals up, put on like one or two of the academy players and then just sort of like let them settle in over the course of several seasons, which is what real teams are supposed to do anyway, uh, until they go out and buy, like, 100 million uh, 20-year-old footballers. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of, like, not getting myself to, to buy any players <clears throat> with that. So, uh, But that does mean that in, in the team I've got at the moment, I do have Ronaldo, because he's 37. I have got Messi in there, because he's 34. I've got Aguero, because he's about 33 or 34. So the team that I've got at the moment is like some of the world's best and oldest players, people like Buffon as well. But I know that they're not going to be there for that long, so I need to kind of get the uh, youth players into the team. So uh, that should be fun going forward to see how that goes and everything. So uh, but that's everything we've been, we've been playing. Let's get into some housekeeping. See you in a minute for that. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. 
but it's one per month so one tv show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, returned to the cinema yesterday after 14 months of waiting for this film. That film was called A Quiet Place Part 2 and I absolutely loved it. I uh, gave it a must-see rating and uh, I will just I did say this on the review but in case some of you haven't listened to the spoiler-free part or you haven't got around to it. If you've got the interest to see this film, please try and go and see this at the cinema because you will not get the same experience at home with this film it's just it when the trailer literally says this is built for the cinema experience there's a trailer that's not actually lying because it really is same with the first one the the first one was really kind of built like that it's all about the kind of pin drop silence tension you know quiet place of uh of the film luckily luckily enough as well my this cinema i went to was actually quite quiet there's only about 10 other people in there uh and they were everyone was kind of well spread out and everything so uh it went uh really really well but uh yeah if you've got the interest to see the second one if you like the first one uh definitely recommend that you go and see that in the cinema so don't wait it's going to be on paramount plus i think in like 45 days i would say definitely don't wait for that go and see it at the cinema because you, you'll just be doing yourself a bit of a disservice if you're just like hey i'll just watch this film at home um so i just want to uh, point that out there but i gave it a must-see rating 14 months of waiting was well worth it and uh, really, really enjoyed that. So there's that. Um, of course, if you haven't seen the first one, don't go out to the cinema to see the second one. Go and see the first one first. So, yeah. Um, over on the United cast, uh, on Wednesday night, Man United lost in the Europa League final to Villarreal. It was all sorts of bad. I'm not going to get into all the reasons here. Uh, just a lot of the things that we've done wrong over the season all kind of accumulated into this one game. And uh, it was weird. It was confusing. It was terrible. And uh, it went to 11-10 on penalties. So yes, the goalkeepers actually took penalties. And the reason we lost the game, not that it's the goalkeeper's fault, but it was because it was the goalkeeper's turn to take it. And he missed the penalty. So uh, you can't really blame him for that because we should have won the game way before any of that happened. But uh, yeah, that's the last game of the season. I am going to be doing a wrap-up podcast because I do want to talk about just how this season went and uh, where we go next season and that sort of thing. So I talked about that. I did a podcast talking about why I stopped watching reality TV. I used to watch uh, the UK versions of Big Brother. And I don't think there's a US version of Made in Chelsea. But uh, Made in Chelsea in the UK as well. I used to watch those shows. Talked about that experience and kind of my history with reality TV. Why I sort of stepped away from it. And uh, how I sort of of look back on that now. And how I feel about reality TV now (coughs) as well. So I talked about that stuff. Uh, Becoming Eisenberg podcast season 2 episode 7 is the newest episode that we did Uh, we'll be covering episode 8 tomorrow so uh, check those episodes out if you want to Uh, gaming talk last week we talked about playstation's 25 new games that they got in development Uh, some are new IP and some are other games we also talked about summer game fest as well and uh, a bunch of other things as well so there's that one Uh, fear the walking dead Uh, there wasn't a new episode this week so if you're confused as to where my fear the walking dead review is uh there was no episode i think it was because memorial day weekend and they took the 
Sunday off of the episode or something like that anyway um but it'll be back next week but the newest one from last week still is season 6 episode 14 there's only two episodes after the season but uh, no review this week for that. Uh, did my review, don't skip review for Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's zombie Netflix film. So I really liked that. And then I did two podcasts. One on uh, the brilliant Apple TV Plus and one on Netflix's uh, quantity over quality problems. Those are two different episodes. So you can listen to those things if you want to on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Before we get to talking about Nintendo and some lawsuits, uh, we got some gameplay, quite a lot of gameplay actually to talk about this week. Uh, we've got the Horizon Forbidden West gameplay, the Far Cry 6 gameplay, and the Dying Light 2 gameplay. Uh, Robert, which of these did you manage to see? I saw the first two. I did not on demand. I had to, uh, you know, not uh, you know live. I had to catch it on demand. There's one thing that I, I truly do not understand. Um, and this happened with both of them. I did catch it on demand. They left the uh, channels that I watched them on left. You know how it has like the, the screen with the timer counting down saying, uh-huh. you know, stream will start and whatever. I can understand like having, you know, 30 seconds, a minute of that, um, just as a lead up in case there's like buffering issues or anything like that with slower, um, um, sure. Yeah. You know, internet speeds, but both of them left like the full hour up. Because I was looking for the uh, Horizon Forbidden West one, and I'm like, why is this an hour and a half? They said it was going to be like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> and then it was literally, you know, just fast forwarding an hour of just that still screen on a video on demand. That makes no sense. This literally would take you 10 seconds in editing to clip that out. What in the actual hell? Yeah, um, I, I didn't notice that with the Horizon one because I tuned in at 10 when it started. And then uh, it just like I tuned in like two minutes before, and it sort of just went straight into it. Uh, the Far Cry one I watched an online version, online on-demand version of, and they had a thirty-minute countdown timer, and then it ended, and then they had another thirty-minute t- countdown timer. But the second countdown timer had like, oh, here's some background and some Far Cry music, like background imagery and like Far Cry music and stuff. But it made you think that the stream was gonna start. And then it said, hey, here's another 30 minutes. So I think the Ubisoft angle there was a bit more, a bit stranger. Because uh, it made it seem like it was going to start and then it had another half an hour. So I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. Um, so, so yeah, I didn't know about the, the Horizon thing because I tuned in when it started. So, But like you said, you watched it on demand. So you got like the whole video thing is what you're talking about. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, but what did you what do you think of? So you saw that I don't you didn't see Dying Light two then? I'm I'm guessing. Yeah, I I had no interest in Dying Light okay. two. Yeah, you're not uh, like a the, uh, you're not like a horror zombie person like me. Oh, I am a horror zombie person. I even I, played Dying I, Light. I just had no desire for the 
the sequel. Oh, interesting. Um, what do you think of the? Uh, let's go with the first one. Then Horizon is the one I got written down. What did you? It, it think looked of that? really good. Um, obviously, it being on on the PS5, the graphics are going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it gave a good sense of it was going to be more of the same, but and you know, which is never a bad thing when you know it was it was a good success and it was a very good game. Um, I kind of hope that they dial down on some of the, the things you can do, but if anything, it looks like they're going to amp that up. So that's just going to be even more of an all over the place, confusing mess in terms of gear and equipment and things like that. Um, outside of that, obviously they didn't say anything about the story, which they're not going to do that. No, no. Um, Um, but I can definitely see this being a good seller. Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I was kind of looking for like you know new features and what could you do and that sort of thing. Uh, in terms of my opinion, we need to go to an email that we got here, which is the right one that I'm looking for. Uh, Beth says, I saw Matt's debate on with others um, on Twitter for the, about the graphics for Horizon. I sort of get what you meant, but uh, don't you want games to look good? Uh, so let me get a let me give a bit of context here. You know, you know that Shinobi guy on Twitter. Uh, he just tweets about like his gaming opinions and he retweets like news and that sort of thing. And as I've like said a lot of times on this show, I I just don't really get the sort of graphics obsession that people have got. And that's the you know it's, it's, it's no one's done anything right or wrong. It's just a taste thing, you know. Some people just appreciate more the way that the games look, and I just kind of don't. It's just a an opinion sort of taste thing. And um, all I kind of saw after that day on on that on that on the on the day that that uh, horizon gameplay went out and like the following days all i was seeing on twitter was like look how good this looks like look how good the water looks like look how good the grass looks and look how good aloe looks and look how good the sand looks and look how good this and that looks and i was just i just kind of paused and i thought to myself like is why is no one talking about the gameplay here and there, there was the odd you know bit and piece that i saw about okay the new like thing she did with the um spear that she's got and she slammed it on the floor and the like electric shock or whatever that happened uh, i saw like a few people talking about that but i just saw like screenshot after screenshot after screenshot online and people just like pouring over the the imagery of this game and um you know, you know i've i've expressed before about how i'm not concerned about how improve the game's graphics are i'm much more concerned about what you can do and how you can interact with the world and like you know new gameplay features especially with a sequel as well like you had your first idea of you know you're playing as this archer character or someone who's good with a with a bow and arrow she's got a spear as well okay they're looking to improve the melee combat a little bit okay where do you go next after that uh, so the thing I just wasn't looking out for was, okay, how good is the water and the grass going to look in this game? And I can understand if people have got that sort of artistic appreciation. I just, I guess I just don't have that. Um, but uh, I, I just didn't, I saw the ratio of people talking about the actual gameplay as opposed to the graphics was so just wildly different. And uh, I I get that, you know, I just, that's just not part of what I'm I'm looking for, which is, hey, how good is this game going to look? Um, I'm more concerned about okay, what can I do with Aloy's bow? Bow, uh, bow sorry, this time. Uh, what can like what new arrows have I got? What like how can I climb around this world? You know, because you got all the uh, the climbing and everything. Because you got like the grapple this time, which I don't, I don't think was in the first one. Um, 
And I, I'm I'm more looking out for those sorts of things. And like the animation and stuff about, okay, when you move about with Aloy and you jump and you shoot arrows and you climb, how does the actual character of Aloy, like physically animated, like what what's the animation look like for that? How sort of... How sort of fluid is the character's movements and those sort of things, like when you're dodging or when you're jumping? Um, I don't know, but uh, what what do you think of uh, like the the gameplay and I guess how good the the game looked and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, the graphics thing that I actually do kind of understand as someone who has grown up through the whole evolution of the graphics, you know, and the generations with consoles going all the way back to the 2600, it's always going to be, you know, something that's talked about when there's a new console out, Mm -hmm. especially for those people that, you know, paid scalper prices and are looking to justify the $900 they spent on a $500 machine. Um, I do agree with you on that with the gameplay, but a trailer like this, they're not really going to go that deep into the game mechanics. This is more about hyping up for the game coming out. Um, then getting too specifics into the into the uh, mechanics or the story, which is why I was a little bummed that it didn't have either of those. But I also understood why it didn't have any of those because mm-hmm. uh, they want to avoid spoilers for any kind of story plot twist they're gonna have. Yeah, because the the two new gameplay things, at least that I can recall that we saw, was the grapple and the uh, the shock thing with the the uh, spear. Uh, you mm-hmm. did have the other thing, which was a bit more of an accessibility thing, which is where the um, the ledges light up as yellow. That's not really like a... I wouldn't count that as the same like gameplay feature. That's just more of a sort of like visual aid kind of thing. Yeah, like, tool, I, a I, tool aid. Yeah, I still appreciate that anyway. Because so, you know, if you're a bit stuck as to where can I jump next, that's just uh, quite helpful. So, um, But I just, I'm just not on that sort of page of like, okay... You know, how, how good does this game kind of look and i i would agree with you as well that um you know i i think the reason that these conversations and discussions are happening now again is because you know the ps5 is really new the series x is really new and it's sort of a discussion of okay new new shiny triple a sony game how good is this going to look on my new hardware um as well so i i get why the conversations are i just don't care for that conversation particularly uh, I mean, if you want to tell me on Twitter how good the game looks, then that's that's fine. But um, yeah, I just think, like, to, to me, when it comes to the priorities with video games, uh, graphics is kind of near the bottom of the list to me, because uh, it's more more important to me about okay, what's how good's the story? I know I know it wasn't going to get like story explanations or whatever. This was just sort of a first look at the game. But like, okay, is there any new characters? Are they interesting? How do they fit into the story? What is the story this time? And then you know, just getting into all the gameplay stuff of what 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 can I do in this one that's different to the the first one, which is especially important for a sequel. When you've got a new IP or a first entry in a in a series, uh, that's a little bit different because you don't have sort of like sequel expectations as in terms of like okay, this is what I could do in the first one. What can I do in the second one? And as I pointed out, I think it was last week or a few weeks ago. God of War and Horizon, the new God of War, Ragnarok, whatever it's called, and Horizon are the two games I'm kind of looking at and thinking, okay, that was a really good sort of opening, or I suppose for God of War reopening. Um, how can you do to kind of improve that? So, and we did see with with other examples of like, I know it's not Spider-Man two necessarily, but with Miles Morales and how different he sort of fights to. 
Peter Parker, and there was some new different gameplay kind of stuff there. So it uh, it can be done certainly, and uh, I do trust Gorilla to do that definitely. Who the the uh, developers here, and then uh, I think it's is it Sony Santa Monica Studios for for God of War. So we'll see with uh, with that. But uh, I was I was impressed overall. I think it's a good first kind of splash for the game, and uh, be interesting to see. Do you think that we'll see? Because um, we've got both E3 and Summer Game Fest. Do you think we'll see this game again anytime soon? Because this was interesting timing for that as well. Seeing as we have those things, well, this month yeah, now. but Sony isn't doing E3 this year. They haven't done right. E3 they're doing, since they're doing a Game Fest, and they might yeah they might do like a state of play or something. So who knows? Um, but it'd be interesting to see if we get any more Horizon stuff for this. So. Um, and they, they, other thing as well, speaking of like this year, they didn't put any kind of date for, they didn't even put like a 2021 or 2022, uh, for it. So might not even be this year. Cause my, my guess originally was we'll get Returnal, Ratchet and Horizon this year. Um, so I wonder what the other game is, is possibly going to be. Uh, any guesses as to what the third game might be? No. Um, and I don't see game companies putting a, a launch date on anything specific they might say like q3 or q4 and just have like a target date mm-hmm. but with everything still up in the air and no way to reliably lock down you know being able to get a game out on time uh-huh. i just see that trend going away for a while yeah yeah we'll see uh next one we got is far cry 6 uh now i told you after i watched it my my opinions on it but did you manage to see it yeah, I did see it. Yeah. What what did you think of it? I think the acting in it from Giancarlo is going to be really good. I don't know how much screen time, for lack of a better word, he's going to get because mm-hmm. he is a protagonist. If you if you think back to uh, uh, Far Cry 4, we got a really interesting character in the main villain, and we see him for like all of five minutes at the start, and then he's just kind of a voice in your ear taunting mm-hmm. you for the rest of the game. That's, uh, that was Troy Baker, wasn't it? Ah, I'd have to look it up real quick. I'm pretty sure it was Troy Baker, yeah, for the uh, for the fourth one. Because Far Cry Three was um, the guy from Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. yeah, who played uh, uh, Nacho from uh, Better Call Saul. Because he he's the one who had that um, uh, definition of insanity thing that that line in in the third game. I can't remember the character. Was it Va- Vasquez or something? Something like I that. Anyway, something yeah. in beginning with V. Anyway, I, th- I think it was. Um, yeah, it is Troy Baker doing Pagan Men. Cool. That was uh, that was four, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, I uh, I don't think I'm gonna play this Far Cry game. Um, I I just looked at it and I was just like, okay, I played you know I played three, four, five. I played a bit of New Dawn. I didn't finish it. Um, it, it's sort of for, for me. It's interesting when I look at Ubisoft now and I look at what I've just said with Far Cry about. I played three, play. I don't remember playing one or two. I think those were on like the original Xbox or something like that. But I played three. I played four. I played five. I played New Dawn, like half of it or something, and then I dropped out. It's interesting when you look at that and then you look at what I've recently done with Assassin's Creed, which is I played almost every single game. Played about. 10 or 20 percent of of Valhalla and uh dropped out of that I just I looked at what they were showing for Far Cry 6 and it was like okay yeah cool you got this dog companion that's great this crocodile companion thing or whatever but I was kind of looking at this gameplay thing 
and hope and thinking okay you've now got like the next generation in front of you ps5 series x what are you going to do to kind of take advantage of that and it's interesting when you look at graphics because ubisoft doesn't even really take advantage of that necessarily because uh, a lot of their games haven't really even improved on that front so that that discussion wasn't even really happening around uh, Far Cry 6 in the same way that it was with Horizon. Uh, but I looked at the gameplay and I was like, okay, it's gonna, it looks, at, at the moment, I mean, we've only seen first glimpse, at the moment it just looks like typical old kind of Far Cry, and I'm not really in the mood to do the whole, you know, go to outpost, open area, clear area, progress story, go to new area, go to tower, open area, clear area, and do that for 20 hours. Um, I used to have a lot of fun doing that with, because that's exactly how the Assassin's Creed games went as well. You know, you'd climb to the top of the, um, was it Eagle, Eagle Vision Tower or something? You'd climb up to the top of that, you'd do the synchronization thing, you'd jump off into the hay, and then the area would be open. So, I'm just kind of, and it's interesting, because about five or six years ago, maybe even four, five, six years ago, uh, I remember some conversations around that started happening, which is like, okay, Ubisoft's, um... Uh, method of doing that in games is just getting a little bit tiring and I at the time was thinking like I wasn't in that camp at the time I was thinking okay now I'm kind of enjoying like you know going through these areas but I guess it, that got that kind of caught up to me and I kind of got tired of doing that myself because uh, even when I was doing that in Valhalla or where, when I was doing that in Far Cry New Dawn I was just like no I don't want to really do this uh, this whole like clear area, open new area, clear it, and and that sort of thing. But in terms of like, I I mean, Far Cry is always going to be one of them games where it's a bit of a sort of like you know, shoot shoot bang bang. You know, you throw grenades, you blow stuff up. It's kind of like almost like a Transformers, Fast and Furious esque sort of thing, to where it's just explosions and gunfire and cars and you know all all that, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and I guess I've just gotten. I I wanted to. When I looked at this, I wanted to see something a bit different and a bit new from Far Cry, and I didn't see anything here. Uh, I think what I'm going to do, I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is obviously the big kind of attraction here. I think what I'm going to do when this game comes out is just watch the story, because I, I don't want to miss his performance. I, I, I want to see what he's going to do here. Uh, so I'm probably going to watch like the story on, on YouTube and get the majority of that. I mean, like you said, you probably won't see him much in the actual gameplay you'll probably hear him like over the phone or the radio or something um but if i can kind of skip past all that and not play the game and then just watch his performance i'll uh i'll take that so uh do you think you'll do maybe the the same thing or what's your what's your kind of plan uh no not really um i played four uh never got into five um i do think we are going to have a somewhat similar problem with uh was six that we did with five because five five's protagonist was clearly based off of a real person that did a horrible horrible thing and six is clearly Cuba even though they're they're saying no 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 it's not Cuba yeah yeah it's Cuba and that's going to get into the whole political thing and that's just going to be a whole other thing that we're going to have to deal with mm-hmm. on that um, but yeah I played like I said I played four I finished the game. I finished it more to finish the storyline than anything else. The the game style with all the the constant base capturing and things like that never really clicked my interest. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, who is the person that Five was based off? Because I can't remember uh, hearing about that. Jim Jones. Um, oh. Yeah, it, this is long before your time. But if you've ever heard the phrase "drinking the Kool Aid," uh, he was a 
cult leader near live and he took he was a big cult leader and he, he got his group of like 700 people down to like some south american country and they all committed suicide wow all right they all drank poison kool-aid so it, it became a thing hmm. um there's actually a documentary out about it called jonestown i don't know how accurate it is but this was like back in the 70s okay yeah I, yeah I, he spent i i've, I've heard spent five of, minutes watching it and you're like yeah that's jim jones uh yeah, I've I've heard bits and pieces about him. I just kind of forgot about him. Uh, but as soon as you said that, it kind of uh, rang a bell. So, um, yeah, interesting. Now that I think about, now that I think back to Far Cry Five, which has been a few years. So, um, but uh, what was I saying a minute ago? Yeah, I'm just gonna watch the uh, the story cutscenes with Giancarlo Esposito and uh, see how that goes. Um, but yeah, speaking of the whole like political thing. I remember seeing an article a couple of days ago. I can't remember who it was from the Ubisoft team, so don't quote me on that. I don't know if it was like the director or writer or exec producer, but somebody from the Ubisoft team was like, "Oh no, we're like not trying to make a political uh, political statement about this." I was like, "Yeah, okay, sure." <laughs> you, you don't do a story like this and not involve politics. Like, come on, just it, it's okay to admit that you are doing a political story because we can see it on the screen. Like it's it's okay for you to say, that. <laughs> so um, it's it's so weird the way that's kind of treated nowadays, as if like trying to do a political story is a is a bad. I mean, it's I suppose it depends what your message is and how people will perceive that. But if if you as a creator or as a director just simply say, oh yeah, this is kind of a political story, which is it's fine to say because again. You know, when we see like trailers for things or gameplay for things, you don't even need to say that because we can see it on the screen because of the story that it is. So that was just uh, a bit of a weird thing to say, anyway. So, um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, nowadays with what polit- politics is like, people like to try and uh, just avoid certain things or admitting what they're even making. But anyway, uh, that's the gameplay stuff that we had. If I had to rank these, I would say. Uh, oh no, the last one, the, the other one, Dying Light Two, is uh, the other one that we didn't quite get to. Um, you said you didn't see this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, this uh, it looks pretty great to me. Now, as I said on my uh, Army of the Dead review, I sometimes am a little bit picky about what types of zombies you put into things and how those zombies operate. Because some of them run, some of them sneak, some of them are able to like have more sort of consciousness and that sort of thing if if that makes sense uh like some of the zombies in in army of the dead and uh, those sorts of things so i'm a little bit picky about how that stuff kind of works but this seems to have a good mixture of some different things which i quite like actually it just depends how that's gonna go um and uh yeah it looks like the combat they've tried to improve some different things with the melee combat which which looks interesting um and uh, it just looks like good old Dying Light, but just with uh, some new, new additions and stuff. Um, I did like that they're bringing back the um, day-night cycle, so that when it's night time, you've got to get inside as quickly as you can. And uh, I liked how they showed as well uh, this person playing as the protagonist, kind of running through one of the uh, the night cycles. And it was just sort of like they weren't sure where to run on the roof, because they were just uh, zombies sort of all around them uh but again it looks like a good mixture of mirror's edge with zombies that that dna kind of is living on through this game because we're probably never going to get another mirror's edge game again uh because it's already been a good few years so 
um there's that but uh, they also showed this bit of like this big brute zombie and it kind of smacked somebody into a car and they like got kind of squished from that that was that was kind of cool uh but it's going to be an interesting challenge i think again um and uh yeah it's good that uh, because they've had a little bit of trouble with with development and stuff i think even before covid and the whole work from home stuff they've uh, had a bit of trouble for a bit of time they did release this episode thing um it was some i can't remember the name of it but it was some like dying lights 30 minute episode i didn't manage to i didn't manage to uh get around to watching that i'm not sure what that's for whether it's some sort of like lead up into the game or something uh they did put a december uh i think it was december or november uh release dates on it i didn't actually write that down but uh, it is later in the year hopefully it does actually manage to come out near that time um Twitter, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It looks like good old Dying Light. It looks like another cool zombie game. And uh, as people keep asking me, no, I'm not really getting tired of that genre anytime soon. I mean, who knows? There might be a day in a few years' time where I've like kind of had enough of zombies, but I just can't kind of imagine that at the moment. Um, Where's your sort of um, threshold for zombie content at, at the moment? Oh, I'm always willing to try new stuff. Um, I did see Army of the Dead. I didn't enjoy it nearly as much as you. Uh, my only real issue with The Dying Light was just the endless weapon degradation, hmm. which I can understand that as a mechanic, yeah. but, um, you know, it's like with uh, um, Days Gone. It's like a pipe wrench should not break after five hits. <laughs> that's just, that's physically unrealistic unless you're smashing it up against a concrete block and you've got the strength of Batista. Um, that's just not going to happen. Those things are way too well engineered, and then most of them are cast iron, which is pretty tough to break. Um, so yeah, if they had dialed that back a bit, I think I would have liked it more because you know then you get you know find these cool parts, and then you've got this really cool weapon which you can use of all of two minutes, and then you're screwed. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love my zombie games. I've sunk so many hours into the uh, um, State of Decay games that it's not even funny um and you know ho- i'm hoping to see state of k3 at uh, e3 coming out here in a couple weeks mm, um yeah. but yeah it's you know it's one of those things that it's always got a potential for something really really good uh, whether or not it delivers i don't know but we'll see yeah so it's interesting when you like play a zombie game because uh, as i kind of said on my quiet place 2 review it's very easy when we're watching TV shows or zombie films to say like, oh no, go that way, go that way, don't do that, do this, do, you know, don't leave that person or, you know, jump out this window or do whatever. And then, you know, we actually play these games and we don't think of those things in the moment. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how I kind of handle uh, surviving myself because it's, it's very easy to just, like watch a film and to be like, hey, no, no, you shouldn't do this. That's going to you know get you killed. And then we'll probably do that same thing in these games and get ourselves killed. So we'll see how that works out uh but yeah if i had to rank these uh i think dying light 2 and horizon are almost kind of level for me uh i think dying light 2 maybe slightly edges it out and then far cry 6 is obviously i wasn't impressed with it so that's kind of where i would rank these um out of far cry 6 and and horizon those are the two that you saw what would you say is uh was the better look or was the better game Mm. That's a real tough call because they all they all look really really good. So mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but yeah, I'd say I'd say maybe Dying Light Two just edges it a little bit more. I I think Dying Light Two showed off 
a few more new different things which was kind of what i was looking for so that's kind of why it edges edges it out but hey i'll probably enjoy both of the games anyway so but uh no for me with far cry 6 i'm kind of out uh on that because it just it isn't doing anything new or interesting so uh they seem to be on this trend as well of apart from i think maybe far cry 5 and new dawn are a bit of an exception of let's put a popular like voice actor in the role uh you know the guy from better call soul then troy baker then john carl esposito uh putting those in the roles and kind of advertising the villains um they seem to be doing that a lot more which if they keep doing that then yeah i'll just watch the stories on on youtube when when they come out so uh, let's move on from that move on to not necessarily directly cyberpunk 2077 but uh, if you think back to before the game came out, which was a different time for the gaming industry, certainly <laughs> in a uh, in a pre cyberpunk release world, because we all know how that kind of went. Uh, Holly Bennett, who uh, I think she was sort of like the social media manager for cyberpunk. She did tweet out various different things about the game. Uh, she was also the one that hosted the episodes of the Night City uh, gameplay stuff that we saw. We had what four different episodes of those. Uh, Four or couple, five, yeah. yeah. A couple of them were quite frequent, sort of close to each other up to the game's release. Uh, they were around sort of like November, October uh, last year. Uh, she hosted those and uh, she did tweet out a few days ago. Uh, I'll read out what she's tweeted. Uh, so after nearly two and a half years, today is my last day at CD Projekt Red. Uh, I'm starting a new opportunity in the industry soon. Uh, yet this was still an incredibly hard decision to make because despite all the ups and downs, I've loved the people and my time here. Uh, thank you, CD Project Red. Uh, what did you think of her when you saw her on the uh, Night City things that she hosted? I thought it was interesting. I mean, the the Night City ones were, were kind of cool. Some of them were a little off. Some of them weren't. I Honestly, mm. They were a good way for the community to get hyped for a game that kept getting delayed and frankly should have been delayed a few more times. So, mm. yeah. Um, outside of that, I mean, I can understand with everything going on with the CD Project Red right now, I can understand wanting to maybe distance yourself a little bit. So, mm. yeah. But, uh, we'll see where she ends up next. Uh, I think she's done some great stuff in in the in the industry. Uh, before she was at CD Projekt Red, she did work for uh, quite a popular PlayStation YouTube channel called PlayStation Access. Uh, have you ever heard of that one? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so it's a little bit more of a UK based kind of thing, and uh, they talk about like uh, they they uh, they they did um, what was it? I think maybe a couple of months or so ago they did a- an episode on. Um, sort of like nostalgic gaming memories and that sort of thing and they talked about like blockbuster and game and that sort of thing which are a bit more sort of like uk companies and that sort of thing and uh, so that was kind of a nostalgic little episode to uh to watch as well but she used to be on that with some of the others i think it was rob and nathan and some other people they've they've changed their uh uh co-hosts and hosts a little bit over over time uh they've got i think it's lucy there now I think that's that's her name. I think she was. Uh, I think she came in after Holly left. Uh, she didn't leave under any bad circumstances. I think she just got offered the role at CD Projekt Red for uh, the cyberpunk thing. And hey, sometimes you got to take big opportunities in life when they when they come your way. So we'll see where she goes next. Um, and uh, hopefully she she gets on pretty well. So there's that. Um, by the way, do you know? I I only noticed this the first time I went to type in CD Projekt Red into a draft for an episode it's actually spelt 
because uh, it's CD, and then P-R-O-J-E-K-T, which is a wildly different spelling to what you usually would do, and then mm-hmm. Red. Uh, is that a Polish thing? Because they're a Polish dev, aren't they? I dev, think it's more... I think it's more because of trademark issues because okay. um, like if you have common words, it's much, much harder to trademark them. But if you spell them uniquely, uh, then it's easier to get that trademark. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, I remember when maybe it was when cyberpunk was first revealed or we, there was an episode we went to do where I went to type in CD project red into the draft for the episode. And I typed in project, how I would normally spell it, which is with like C and stuff. And then I searched up the company and stuff to look for, I think, an image and realized it was spelled wildly, wildly differently. So I'm uh, glad I changed that spelling before I published the episode. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Uh, that's all stuff i got to talk about. What have you got this week? Uh, well, we've got a couple of Nintendo news ones. Uh, the first one up is Nintendo just won a multi-million dollar lawsuit against a ROM hosting website. I forgot to put that in there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, according to the article, the site owner will have to pay $2.1 million in damages to Nintendo after the court ruled the video game's favor. Um, the whole suit is up on the web- online if you want to you know, look into the minutiae of legal documents and everything like that. Um, basically, this is just a copyright infringement because mm-hmm. the, uh, the site is hosting private versions of of Nintendo games that the users could download, and then it did charge money for premium subscriptions um, that would allow users to surpass the website limit, which I think is why they actually won the case, because you are, while not selling the IPs, you are selling a service to gain ac- better access to the IPs, so that's probably yeah, makes yeah. sense why they won that lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few different layers to this, I think. Um, what's interesting to note as well, let's not forget, what was it, the 31st of March of this year? That the uh, that the internet announced Super Mario as being dead, and we did uh, the episode on that at the time, because the 3D All-Stars uh, collection for Mario, what was it, 64 Sunshine and Worlds or Galaxy? One of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, was taken off the Nintendo digital store. You can't go on there now and, and go and buy You can still buy a physical version, but the physical versions after that point got a little bit more expensive because, of course, the game was more difficult to acquire. So it, it, there's a couple of different sides to this. First of all, Nintendo is in the right to do this. You know, they, they those are their IPs and the, the, their properties and things like that. But what Nintendo just isn't getting, and this isn't the first time, and it won't be the last, that they don't really get this. People want to access the games that you've uh, created and the games that you own, such as like maybe the 3D or Stars Mario game, and like some of these old um, ROM uh, games, you know, the, the old Nintendo games that you can't really get good access to or access to at all. Um, what Nintendo isn't getting about this is. People want to play those games. They aren't legally uh, available to people to purchase. Some of these games you cannot go out and and buy. They are not available anywhere uh, to go out and buy. That's why people do these things like uh, build online emulators and that sort of thing because people want to play those old games. So you'd kind of you kind of would have thought from a business perspective, hey, people really want this product that we made. It, it doesn't matter if it's 30, 40, 50, however old these games are, it doesn't matter. If your customers are telling you, hey, these old games 
we want to play them we're standing here with you know cash in our hand metaphorically so to speak we want to give you our money so that we can play the games that you made and nintendo goes no we're not going to make them available to you so then the other step that's taken is that these people make these websites that have these roms on them or the, these games on them and nintendo goes no you're not allowed to do that we're going to put a lawsuit towards you which nintendo's in their right to do that you know you're not allowed to illegally sell games in that way i know you said about the subscription thing a minute ago but they're not getting the other part of it where people want to spend the money to buy their games and they're like no we're not going to make our games available to you i mean the the, the whole the 3d all-stars thing really was strange where okay these games these games that people are nostalgic for you know i had a bit of nostalgia for sunshine and people really liked um 64 and all that nintendo did the announcement for it they made them available people were very happy about that and then for no reason that I've even managed to find out, because I don't think there is a good reason, Nintendo said, hey, yeah, on the 31st of March, these games that you've wanted for a long time that we've just made available to you, we're going to take them away from you. Unless you, Because obviously if you buy the digital license for that, then you would have been able to get them. But it, it, this weird kind of sort of almost timeline thing of, hey, yeah, you really like these games. You can, you've only got six months to buy them, though. I think it's about six months or so. You've got about six months to buy them. If you don't, will take away your digital opportunity to do that. Uh, it's just, it, 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 it is quite tone deaf in a way, I think, as well. Um, and, I mean, there's other companies that probably do this as well. But Nintendo's probably one of the worst at doing it. But it's it's when your customers are telling you one thing and you're doing the total opposite. Um, it's a little bit almost like what Warner Brothers is doing at the moment with the whole Snyderverse and that. That's a little bit of a different situation, but kind of the it's kind of the same sort of tone deaf business strategy uh where you're kind of refusing to do what your customers want you to do so i don't know what would you make of the situation yeah like you said there's way more uh layers than really we can get into at the time plus you gotta remember this lawsuit isn't gonna stop the rom that you know community from doing its thing this is just shutting down the one website yeah, there's probably a hundred. Yeah, there's probably a hundred different ways to get those ROMs, um, and it's not like you can just go buy the old consoles anymore because um, they won't play on modern TVs. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if there is an RCA cable to HDMI adapter kit. I'm sure there is, but I can't imagine that it's pretty decent quality. Plus, you're mm-hmm. talking about games that aren't scaled for either the size of the TV or the resolution <laughs> of the TV. Yeah, um, mm. it's a messy approach, definitely. Yeah. So, um, the other the other strange side to that, if you look at what Sony's doing, you know, they're kind of not, in a technology sense, able to do the backwards compatibility thing because, again, like you always reference, they're the company that couldn't figure out how to change the name on the service uh, or to get you to change your name on the service without messing up trophies and whatnot. And you look, you you think of like. Okay, more classic games. The, the name change thing is more of like a modern thing, whatever. Which they've got kind of half a solution to. Uh, you look at with the situation with the PlayStation Classic. Uh, now, I never managed to do it myself. But there is a way that you can put um, a USB stick into PlayStation Classic. And you're able to put games on there, basically, that aren't on the PlayStation Classic. And you can even get, like, you know, an adapter to use your PS4 controller, which I did actually get anyway. And I can also use that on my Switch, so it's got sort of a, a good good amount of functionality with it. 
Um, no one ever got because you could go on eBay and go and buy a PlayStation Classic that's been hacked. I've seen them listed. You can also get them that's got like Nintendo games and stuff on there. Uh, Sony never tried to, uh, as far as my knowledge goes and from what I've seen, nobody's been sued for trying to do that. So if you look at both situations, Nintendo sort of like we know you want these games. One of them's going to expire or has expired. We know you want these games still. If you try to put them online and sell them, we don't. We'll, we'll come after you. And Sony's like, okay, we'll release a PlayStation Classic. Do a really kind of half-assed job with it, but um, leave it to where okay, you can hack this thing and sell them, and we won't bother you. It's. Do you get what I mean? It's sort of like Sony saying, mm-hmm. okay, we can't quite do this ourselves because we can't quite figure out backwards compatibility. So we'll essentially give you a machine that you can do that on that has got some of the games that you want to play but not all of them you know there's no there's no like spyro or crash or abe or any of this actually i think abe is on there uh, spyro crash tony hawk you know n- none of those sorts of games are on the playstation classic and then sony's sort of subtly saying because the it was figured out pretty quickly how to hack a playstation classic and sony never did anything about it so it's almost like sony saying okay we know you want these classic games we can't really figure out how to do it here's a box you can do it yourself <laughs> Uh, which is an t- entirely different approach to what Nintendo's done. Um, so, what, what do you think about, like, I suppose there are two different approaches to that? Yeah, um, Sony's thing is just, you know, long over tread. I don't really want to get into that. Nintendo's never really figured out the internet at all to mm. begin with. Um, their online service is still hit or miss at best. The fact that, you know, you have to put in a crazy ass code just to add somebody as a friend. Um, is mind-boggling wild. Um, mm. Nobody really does it right. Microsoft probably does it the best because they have the most infrastructure, they have the most on the back end to do that. Obviously, some games with licensing issues, especially games that use, you know, IPs that you know Microsoft doesn't have or doesn't own or have access to, or you know, music licenses, things like that. There's never going to be. 100%, but they're the closest to maintaining that back library than anything else. Mm. Yeah. And then Microsoft's approach is just sign up to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, Clearly. It's so, yeah, it's so much more more simple. I mean, not every you know 360 and Xbox original game is on there, but a good chunk of them are. And, you know, it's available on not even just Xbox. You can get those you know on, on PC, so... Microsoft's approach is, hey, give us like ten dollars, or sometimes not even ten, sometimes just one dollar a month, and hey, here's like over a hundred games that are some of them backwards compatible, some of them are new, um, which is by far the easiest way to do all of this. So, but uh, neither Sony or Nintendo has really figured out how to do that yet. So, there you go. Um, so, yeah, uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, sticking with Nintendo, we've got more pseudo-confirmation of the uh, Switch Pro is going to be coming out this year. According to a Bloomberg article, Nintendo plans to begin assembly of the new Switch as soon as July to and releasing the upgrade replacements for its original console in either September or October. The new console is supposed to be higher than the $299 price for the original Switch, but no price was given. They also say they're going to have an announcement ahead of E3 next week, which I guess is technically two weeks away. You know, it's next Saturday, so a week and a half, um, so that other companies will be able to showcase their games at 
E3. Um, the original Switch will be phased out, but the 199 Switch Lite will remain. Uh, according to the sources from the article, assemblers will start shipping the new model as early start you know shipping the new model out as early as June for production assembly. So um, they also plan on doing a big event here sometime soon. Maybe E3, maybe not. We'll just have to see. Yeah, yeah. They'll probably do some kind of direct, I guess, in the middle of all this. Uh, it's interesting with um, E3 and Summer Game Fest being like almost at the same time, which is going to give us a lot to talk about here on the show uh, over the next couple of months or so. Um, yeah, it makes sense for a Switch. Let's call it a Switch Pro for a lack of better phrasing, whatever they're going to call it. Um, they might call it something else, but let's stick, stick with a Switch Pro for now. Um, I don't know that I really need one or want one. Uh, I mean, in terms of the next console that I want to get, it's going to be a PS5. Uh, I'd much rather get a PS5 before I get the next uh, Switch. As long as it's not a situation where it's like a Switch 2 and, hey, here's a bunch of new Mario and Zelda games that you can't get on the Switch. That would be kind of annoying, I think. Uh, but the Switch is what four years old now yeah 2017 yeah about about four years old uh so it i mean that i don't know depends what nintendo sees in terms of um whether they go for a switch 2 or just a switch pro hopefully it's the the latter of the two um but yeah i mean there's there's some games i've got on my like boomerang list and stuff for, for switch but i'm just waiting till i finish um this last of us run through and everything and then i'll get back to my uh boomerang games because there's things like biomutant and uh the mass effect collection that i want to get to so uh still plenty to go um where's your interest for a switch pro i know that you do have a switch don't you yeah i do have a switch i almost never use it i got out of the habit of the two games that i did play just because you know animal crossing while a fun game is way more grindy than i like and ring fit i just never clicked with the game it got it didn't get hard physically challenge wise it just it was the same thing over and over again, so it just got too repetitive. Hmm. Um, I doubt that the Switch Pro, whatever they call it, won't be able to play the current Switch games just because otherwise it wouldn't be a Switch. Um, hmm. So it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it'll probably just be like a bigger screen, better resolution, better battery life, things like that. Because I already did like a subtle change to the battery life between the original run and the newer ones that are coming out now so mm, yeah and uh yeah what we'll probably see is a breath of the wild breath of the wild 2 gameplay and everyone will be losing their minds on how the grass and the water looks so <laughs> i can just uh i can see it already so uh but uh yeah all right what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, a bunch of games are getting delisted from the EA's platform, mm. uh, and they're all Need for Speed games, which makes sense because you know those things do uh, um, phase out after a while. So, uh, Need for Speed Carbon Shift, Shift Two, Unleashed, The Run, and Undercover are going to be uh, delisted from the digital store, and then. But things like online services such as leaderboard and matchmaking will stay active until August 31st, at which point they will all go um, offline and offline only play. The uh, in-game economy for like purchases, things like that, is going to be delisted when the games get delisted as well. 
And this kind of goes into the thing we've talked about a few times with games as a service because they just snap their fingers and everything you've done up to this point is gone. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of an issue, that whole kind of thing. I remember when Destiny 2 or whatever was coming out, I can't remember how it actually played out, but I remember some people saying, you know, I've put like a thousand hours into Destiny and uh, what is that going to do? So, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't played a Need for Speed game in a long, long time. Actually, the last one I probably played was maybe on the PlayStation 2. I think it might have been Need for Speed... Maybe most wanted or something on on the PS2. I don't remember playing a PS3 Need for Speed game. Definitely haven't played a PS4 Need for Speed game. Um, but it's kind of EA's kind of sort of attempt to compete with like racing games because you got what you got Forza, you got Gran Turismo. Uh, Forza's easily easily winning the uh, that that race anyway. No pun intended. Um, but uh, that that sort of race within that genre, uh, Forza. Whether you're talking about Forza Horizon or Forza Motorsport, I think uh, Microsoft is sort of quite easily winning that sense of the competition. Because um, I wouldn't count like you know Mario Kart and Crash Team Racing because those are those are go kart games. Those are slightly sort of different. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what what uh, EA does with them because I think there was a new Need for Speed game. There's one last year or something, and that came and went, and no one really talk, talks about that, whatever that one was. Um, there was the Fast and Furious game, which was awful. Um, I can't remember the name of that one, but uh, that was that was pretty bad. I watched uh, Yong Yi play that on YouTube, and uh, he wasn't very impressed. So <laughs> uh, that that was clearly just like a a crash grab. I was like, hey, Michelle Rodriguez and and uh, Vin Diesel in this, and people like Fast and Furious, so come and give us your money kind of thing so uh did you ever manage to see any of that game the fast and furious one there was one that was like a free download on the three um that i played a little bit but after that no not really uh okay but uh yeah that's kind of that kind of went downhill a little bit so we'll see what they do with it um and yeah we'll go from there with it so uh what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, there's another wave of uh, DCMA strikes going on against Twitch users, um, and it's one of the many, many things that keeps me from wanting to actually start a channel for actually doing games on Twitch is just how inept a- uh, Amazon is with managing this. Because um, mm. remember, we talked about this a while back to where they went from getting like five or six DCMAs a day to over a thousand a day. And they just had another uh, a blast of a thousand DCMA strikes on a single day. Uh, they think that it's some record label companies using a software to scan through VODs um, to find a song that's copyrighted and to hit the strike on that because a lot of the strikes are on the VODs and you know from two, three, sometimes even four years ago. And Twitch's only response was, "Well, just delete your entire back catalog of VOD," um, which is that's stupid. Very stupid. Um, so, like I said, I, I don't do Twitch in terms of actually broadcasting. Um, Microsoft wasn't much better, but then again, you know that unfortunately that's gone. I completely forgot about Mixer. Yeah, that so did everybody cool. else. Yeah, Mixer. Yeah, Mixer. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what everybody else did too. Um, it just never got the traction. It came in too late on it. Um, and they tried. They definitely threw money out at big streamers to try to get 
people mm. to migrate over. Didn't they so. get like Ninja and a few other people? Ninja and Shroud. Oh, yeah, and, Shroud. Uh, yeah. Uh, ironically, they offered Dr. Disrespect and he turned him down and then that whole thing became a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is he streaming now? I think YouTube, I want to say. Oh, okay. Okay. That's kind of one area where we don't really have a saturation of platforms because you've got Twitch, you've got YouTube. Facebook, which everybody forgets about. Facebook kind of sort of And works. there's a, a dozen non-US based ones that I see every now and then for like they call it Twitch fails although sometimes it's not on Twitch. Mm. Um just random videos from things um out, out of the country, at least out of the US country, so Yeah. Um tell you what, South Korea's streaming scene is wild. It is it is mental. Hmm. Um, that that's a rabbit hole that you could go down, but I wouldn't recommend it unless you got like nothing to do for the next month and a half. Hmm. Um, yeah, but um, but yeah, there's only two sort of main ones then, which is Twitch and and YouTube, which are giant ones. Obviously, you've got Amazon and uh, Google in yeah. charge of those ones. It's good that they can they can sort of work together, which is what I do, which is stream stuff on Twitch and then export the videos to YouTube. So I kind of get the best of both worlds in a way uh i have tried like actually live streaming on youtube a few times but um i don't know i kind of prefer twitch a little bit more but then if twitch like wasn't an option i wouldn't have any trouble really using using youtube so plus it would be on the same channel anyway so it's not like i'd have to really change anything or go anywhere so yeah yeah um, and i think one of the other big things of me, of me not doing that is because i am older so I don't have the mentality of willingly vomiting my entire existence on the internet like some people, you know, mm. want to do. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a grindy world out there with content creation. Trust me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but um, because yeah, I d- obviously do the recording, the uploading, promoting, and uh, I sent a few emails out today actually about like sponsorships for different things. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do sometimes. It, it, it's so funny the way some over the years some people have talked to me about like, oh, you just like talk and upload it, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. That's, uh, there's so much more that goes into it than that. Um, yeah, try, try running a website from the technical side of things as well. When things go, when when the website goes down or isn't running well, and none of it is your fault, uh, that can be uh, stressful as well sometimes so um so no i don't i don't just yeah the message don't i I don't just talk into a microphone and upload it it's uh not as simple as that so um anyway um but yeah i looked on my i need to put a few of the vod's from twitch onto youtube i did uh because when i go into i think it's video producer or video manager or something uh it does tell you on the right hand side how many strikes you've got and i haven't got any at the moment which is good i've had uh, over the couple of years i i have had a few videos like muted i think they were fifa videos or something that's because of the music in the menus and everything um i think when i did that mason greenwood fifa 21 stuff i actually just turned off the uh the game sound because uh, i got a little sort of slider on my headphones and i just slid the the volume right down so you couldn't hear any of the music uh which is one way to get around it so there you go. Uh, but, uh, alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last two things I had to talk about we can kind of combine because they both go together and they both show two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. They announced the uh, Xbox games with gold for June and the PlayStation Plus games with uh, you know, PS Plus free games for June. 
And it's very clear that Microsoft is just relying on Game Pass and not even trying anymore. Um, PlayStation is still, you know, fighting to keep up with their subscription service, but at least the games are pretty de- decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for Xbox, we've got the King's Bird, which is some kind of physics-based platformer. Uh, Shadows Awakening, which I've never heard of before. Uh, Neo Geo Battle Coliseum and Injustice God Among Us, which are both 360 games. So uh, the Gods one, you know, is actually a, a pretty decent game, but it's also very, very old. Uh, Neo Geo, I vaguely-ish remember playing a version of that in the arcade. I didn't even know they were still making those games. Um, for the PlayStation, obviously, they upped it a little bit. It's going to be Star Wars Squadron, uh, Virtual Fight of Five, Ultimate Showdown, and then something called Operation Tango, which I don't know of. So, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting to interesting to see uh, Star Wars Squadrons on there. That game isn't that old, really. No, but it's um, the EA licensing is up on it. So, hmm. plus it's it is part of Game Pass as part of their deal with EA for uh, EA Play. Yeah, yeah. So kind of makes sense that playstation would try to nab that uh the two that stand out star wars squadrons and injustice but there is an injustice too mm-hmm. so you kind of get in the old one you still get you know superman batman flash wonder woman etc etc yeah um, but you know like i said it is old i mean injustice 2 is what three years old now yeah something to 2018 ish i think so uh i think i reviewed the single player for that game i can't remember but uh Anyway, I, I didn't I didn't review the first Injustice because that was ages ago. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just interesting to see, you know, when Xbox uploads theirs because Sony's been doing a much better job, I think, night and day compared to what Xbox has been doing with this. Um, but it'll be interesting interesting to see, you know, E3's just around the corner. Are they going to announce uh, any sort of service changes to uh, Games with Gold? Uh, probably what, not before E3 because mm. I can't imagine any reason to do that. Yeah, they'll probably do that during their conference or something like that because they usually do announce something about Game Pass. So we'll see what mm-hmm. what, uh, what happens with that. Um, for the PS Plus stuff, I just really want more VR games because uh, obviously yep. I'm a VR user, so I'd like more of those. Because um, Beat Saber, Beat Saber, Beat Saber is uh it's still like twenty five pounds on the PlayStation store and I'd I'd very much like to try that but I don't really want to quite pay that much. Does money uh, for it. Boomerang not have VR games or are they just all digital? I don't think they've got Beat Saber, but I should check because sometimes sometimes um digital games do get released later as physical games and they get those so I'll have to actually uh have a look at that now that you mention it. But um yeah, cause, yeah, they they do have VR games. It just they they have to be physically released uh, games. So there's a uh, there's that part to it. Um, but no, there's there's like loads and loads of other little niche sort of PSVR games that I'd love to try out. Uh, so if they added that as part, they they've done it like twice. They did the Wipeout VR thing, and they did um, uh, what was that game called Fire? I think it was Firewall Zero Hour, which was the shooting game, uh, which was actually quite good. Um, I remember playing that with a few with a few friends. That was kind of intense, which is sort of the purpose of it. But um, that was that was pretty good. But they just haven't really kept doing that, I suppose. Um, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe they're waiting for PSVR two. Or I, I I don't know. I don't know what the situation is there. Uh, but that would just would be my preferred uh, change to that. With games of gold, I'm not really sort of particularly bothered. I'm not even subscribed to Game Pass at the moment, so 
um yeah that's my kind of stance on it so what do you think of uh what's on on offer here yeah i mean obviously the xbox games are not ones that are going to thrill and excite people the playstation ones are definitely um and don't forget if you you don't have a ps5 but it, a ps5 game comes up you can still part add it as part of your collection from the uh, sony web sony store website uh for playstation games so there's always that option which when uh, the random ps5 game does pop up i do do um as part of my subscription for playstation plus so mm-hmm. cool uh was that the that was all you had to talk about when it yeah that's all i've got cool uh, we've got two other emails to get to because I did get to Beth's one already about Horizon. Uh, if you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, we love to read them out on the show and respond to different things, uh, as Robert does as well. Uh, and David does like to do that on uh, Breaking Bad and stuff. So if you'd like to get in contact uh, for either the video game stuff that we do here or anything else related to Entertainment Talk uh, for any of the other shows, uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, uh, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Jason says, uh, with seeing the gameplay for each of these three games, uh, which one surprised you the most? Surprised me the most. Uh, In a way, Far Cry surprised me the most because I was just expecting a little bit more. And I was surprised that I didn't get that. But then as I was watching it, I sort of remembered, okay, this is a Ubisoft game. And they haven't changed much about any of their games really in the last couple of years because um, a lot of their games do have the same formula in a way I mean even even Watch Dogs as much as I liked Watch Dogs Legion uh, that's still kind of got the whole clear the area-ish sort of thing and like hey here's a bunch of side quests not quite in, in exactly the same way between all, all three of the games because Watch Dogs 1, 2 and Legion um so maybe I shouldn't have been surprised by that with the Ubisoft Far Cry 6, but I kind of was. Um, I was surprised in a positive way about how, like the with the with sort of some some of the melee combat show, stuff they showed with Dying Light 2, uh, but I wasn't particularly surprised in any good or bad way with Horizon. I kind of got what I thought I was going to with a few different additions. Uh, but which one kind of surprised you the most out of Horizon, I guess, uh, Far Cry 6 for you? Um, nothing really surprised me too much. Both uh, Far Cry and uh, Horizon, I got most of what I was expecting. Um, the only thing that really surprised me is the, uh, is the goofiness, which they're leaning into hard um, with Far Cry 6. Because you've got a weapon that plays the Macarena, and you've got a dachshund that carries around a toolkit. Um, and the, yes, those are both real things I just said out loud. So, um, yeah, I mean that's the only real surprise. And even then, it's not that big of a surprise. I mean, five. Well, I never played five. It did have some wacky ass weapons, and the what's what was that sequel called? New Dawn. New Dawn. Yeah, New Dawn had like a a bouncing razor blade or bouncing saw blade or something like that. So mm-hmm. I just I figured with the seriousness of being in quote unquote, not Cuba, they might dial that back a little bit, but no, it looks like they're just leaning hard into it. Mm. Do you think they'll lean on the goofiness with the gameplay more? And then when it gets to the story, they'll lean more into the serious nature. Hard telling. Yeah. They, they could do that, I suppose. Cause John, John Kylo can do some very serious characters i mean look at gus fring in breaking bad <laughs> like mm-hmm. jesus 
Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'd say for uh, for those ones. It's funny as well as as I was looking at the different weapons and stuff they had in in this Far Cry Six, they got to their music uh, weapon thing. I was like, oh, you can shoot discs from that. That's kind of cool. And I was like, oh yeah, you could do that in Far Cry New Dawn. <laughs> so uh, that that wasn't a fresh. It, it's a different disc because with with the New Dawn it was a saw blade, a, a little thing. I'm sure. And with mm-hmm. this, it seems to be more like actual CDs, but it's still kind of the same concept of shooting a circular thing at an enemy. So it's a little bit of a change there, but I just remembered like instantly, I was like, oh no, you could do that in uh, in New Dawn. So, yeah. Uh, Harrison says, uh, so we were treated to a lot of new gameplay this week. What other games do you want to see more gameplay of? Uh, well, we've seen some gameplay of Ratchet now. We saw, we've seen what fifteen or so minutes of that. A little bit more in in other places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see what the Suicide Squad game looks like. Um, for that, to see if you could like, is it a particular character for a particular mission? Can you change characters for the different missions? Because you've got like Harley and then all the other ones. Uh, Gotham Knights we have seen a little bit of. That was a little while ago. Uh, the Harry Potter one I'm curious to see about as well to see what spells you can kind of do and again how you can interact with 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 stuff. Um, like, can you uh, use like a telekinesis type of spell where you throw like objects at enemies or do other things? There's there's a lot of potential there. Uh, God of War, like I said, with with God of War and Horizon, I'm curious to see what new things Kratos can do in the new game. Um, what else we got coming out? Halo Infinite. We haven't seen any of for a while, so I hope to see something new there. Uh, Hellblade. The what's the new one called? It's just Hellblade Two, isn't it? I think Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice Two. Uh, to see what new stuff you can maybe do there. Uh, so those are a few examples of like games I can think of that we 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 know were announced, but we haven't seen really gameplay for. Um, how about with you? Uh, well, I definitely think we're probably going to get Halo Infinite as well as Starfield, because if you look at that mm-hmm. um, composite image that they're using as the logo for the upcoming E3 slash Bethesda, both of those IPs are directly in that collage. Um, I'd love to see more State of Decay 3, you know, possibly get a release date, see anything like that. Um, outside of that, I'm just looking for something to really wow me, because I haven't had a game wow me in, very, in a very long time. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, we'll see which of those things we get at uh, E3 and Summer Games Fest. It's all going to be starting here fairly, fairly quickly, so uh, we'll see how it all goes. Um, that I'll, I'll ask this to, to of uh, this isn't in the the listener questions or whatever. Just ask this to you as a general question. So we but we both own a Switch, a PlayStation Four, and an Xbox. So we have access to all three different systems so as we go through summer game fest and e3 and we're probably going to see a lot of different games um what uh what do you kind of just like in general it could be a service it could be a game or whatever what are you most hoping to see i suppose like is there any game that's sort of sticking out or not not necessarily just gameplay but maybe like a trailer or a reveal for a game that we haven't heard about yet is there anything that's sort of sticking out Nothing that's really jumping out, you know, to the top of my head, which is why I am looking forward to E3, because that'll get remedied and we'll we'll get something. I don't know what we'll get, but we'll definitely get something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it's going to be those three 
Warner Brothers games, Batman, Gotham Knights, or Gotham Knights, whatever it's called, Suicide Squad, and, uh, what's the other one, the Harry Potter one, Hogwarts Legacy, uh, Hellblade 2, um, and just in a general sense, seeing what Activision is doing, because there's the whole confusion at the moment about the shift in developers and who's actually working on what, and seeing if we get anything, because there's rumours at the moment of, like, a Spyro 4 and a Crash Bandicoot Wumper League, which sounds like some sort of multiplayer thing. So I'm interested to see if we see any of those two. Because I think if we do see any of those two. That will be quite telling us. In terms of what Activision is actually doing. With those franchises. So um, we shall see. Uh, and that's what we got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, yeah we'll start getting loads of stuff. In, in the near future. Uh, from Games Fest and from E3. And uh, we'll see what we see from, from those. Uh I'm sure we'll get uh, some moments that we like, some moments that are weird or disappointing or whatever. So we'll just see what uh, what comes around the corner. So there you go. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. Uh, the season is finished at the moment for May United, but I am going to be doing a season wrap-up podcast uh, either between now and Saturday. Uh, I might do it on Saturday. I might do it slightly before that. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see when I want to do that. But by Saturday, that episode should be out. Because there's a few talking points for the season and everything. Uh, but entertainmenttalk.org, you can find all of those things on there. You can also find us on podcast platforms as well. Uh, by searching for Entertainment Talk. Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk and the podcast and the things that we do. Uh, you can either simply listen to more episodes on the website or through the iTunes feeds, podcast services. Uh, there's also something else that you can do, which I don't ever re- usually mention because I kind of forgot about it. You can actually sign up for a free WordPress account and you can follow us on WordPress. And what that does, it uh, with the email that you sign up with, with that WordPress account, it gives you an email every time we make a post. So if you're not on social media or you're not like regularly regularly on uh, Twitter or Facebook or any other sorts of things and you just maybe subscribe to us or you check the website, uh, I'm sure most people have got emails, uh, so if you've got one of those and you want to use it for that, you can actually follow. You just search for Entertainment Talk on WordPress, and you give us a give us a follow. We do have about I think it's like 15 followers or or something on WordPress. Uh, it's not like a it's not like a regularly used sort of thing, but you can do it, and it does send you emails uh, when we make posts, which I think is a quite useful way to keep up with things as well. So I'm going to start mentioning that in the future i kind of got reminded the other day when somebody followed us on uh, on wordpress so uh, keep that in mind as well for, for all of that uh, i can also of course just use word of mouth and social media uh, simply tell people that you know uh, about what we do and where they can find it uh, and you can do that through facebook and twitter and all that sort of different stuff as well uh, patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast review options Please take a look at those. Uh, Geek Town uh, as well is run by David. GeekTown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio. Uh, that's for your TV and film news. Uh, it's going to be a big episode 300 release today. And uh, that was a pretty fun one to do as well. That had me and uh, some other people on it as well. Which was very, very fun to do. So look out for that later today. Um, I think this episode will probably go out before that one. But um, look out for that tonight anyway. So uh, for this week's Geek Town Radio episodes. And uh, congratulations to David on reaching 300 episodes as well of Geek Town Radio. Uh, but if you're curious about your TV and film news, renewals and cancellations, that sort of thing. Uh, check out Geek Town and Geek Town Dakota K, Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays for all that. Uh, Bex is streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trusty B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, so you can find her on there. You can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK. And you can find the archive streams later 
on Entertainment Talk Players on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>